Welcome to The Dose of Caesar, the podcast that runs experiments, explores new ways of thinking, and talks to the most interesting people that I've met around the world. Today, my guest is my childhood friend, Miguel Bayan. Miguel is a current university student, a professional boxer, and a future Navy SEAL. In this conversation, we talk about the different fitness events Miguel has participated in, as well as the future fitness events he's going to do, and why he is pursuing becoming a U.S. Navy SEAL. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. This podcast is brought to you by the Caesar Encyclopedia, which is my own weekly email newsletter. It's the place where I share all the cool things that I've learned throughout my week with my friends around the world. I share the books, podcasts, and interesting people I find that help me enjoy life more. And as I travel the world, I also share my favorite adventure spots, the restaurants that blow my mind, and how my view of the world has changed that week. The newsletter is completely free. It comes out only once a week, and it's only available for those who sign up by email. You can sign up using the link in this episode's show notes or by using the link in my Instagram bio. Let's get learning. I've been uh, hearing your podcast, and you always mention, I know I was coming on the podcast, so I had to get myself, uh, what is it, a... Mm. Bro. <laughs> yes. Yes. Throwback. Dude, I yeah. haven't done the Topo Chico in a while. Fuck. You did it with Daniel. You did it with the uh, um Peyton and you I think I think you didn't do it with Victoria. Victoria, you had like mixed drinks. Oh yeah, we had something else. Uh yeah, yeah. And so I just wanted to have a Topo Chico. Dude, I don't have one, but I have this huge water jug. <laughs> It says, wow, okay. fill me, drink me, repeat. Okay. So I'll be doing that. Dude, thank you so much for doing that. I'm, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm so I like, happy. I, just, I remember right now, I was like, oh, shoot, I have some double chicos because uh, my parents are obsessed with that. So mm. I'm trying to convert the world, bro. There's a lot of people out there who are, are living their life without double chico. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's quite sad. I, I really do. I think it's quite sad, to be honest. Mm. Um, but dude. Yeah, whenever, whenever you're ready, bro. Yeah, yeah dude. Thank you for coming on. What's going on? Welcome to the Dose of, of Cesar. I'm going to do this a little more relaxed this episode. Um, but uh, dude, tell me about this. Uh, what was this event called? The one that you went on? Like a, a couple of weeks ago, you went to California to do like a, a Navy SEAL training camp type of deal? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's called uh, SEAL Fit. Um, anyone, yeah, SEAL Fit. Anyone could look it up. It's, uh, it's like an... It's like... The best way I could describe it, it's like a kind of like a Spartan event. And like any any civilian could sign up for it as long as they could pay for it. And then when you go on the website, it's kind of like the first thing they 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 have on the website is like, you know, if you're ready to unlock your uh mental potential. Yeah. Because uh so they have different events on there. They have a six hour endurance event, and then it goes up to twelve hours. And then it goes up to 24 hours. And then the one they have that they're always advertising, like in emails or even on the website, it's a 50 hour plus endurance event. And it's modeled after the hell week for the Navy SEALs. And that's like the toughest one. I'm planning to do that one next year, though, after doing this event. But I did the 12 hour endurance event. And that itself was it was was pretty rough. Dude, what was it? Uh, how did it? Was it so? It was like a mini, like not mini. I it guess, was like, yeah, like twelve hours of like Hell Week, like a little sample. 
of what it, it would be like? More about twelve hours, but it was just like more about what would it be like the first day of buds. I think buds is uh, anyone doesn't know who what buds is. It's a basic underwater and demolition training. Uh, it's like the pre uh, pre workup to becoming a Navy SEAL. It's like very. You go on YouTube, you put buds, uh, Navy SEALs. Um, you get a bunch of videos on um, on what it is, and it's a it's considered one of the most difficult military training in the world. Like it's 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 pretty rough. So, um, but it was uh, to go back to the point. It was um, it was just like being one day at buds, like twelve hours. So it was it was uh, it was pretty rough. But um. What was the first hour like? Like, not you don't have to tell me like everything, but you can tell me like, or what exercises stood out to you? Did, did you do that thing where you were like laying down and doing like, um, yeah, they're so spraying I'll, a water hose on you? And <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll go, I'll go to the, the beginning because I, I promise you, I'll tell you every little detail about it. So the day before the event, well, first of all, I'm really glad that I, I got I got to finally do it because I signed up for the event in 2019 and December. Mm-hmm. That was like kind of my Christmas gift to myself. I, I, I think it's weird because I, uh, I noticed like Christmases, like from my parents, I don't ask for any materialistic things anymore. I, I ask for like endurance events like that, like races, like, hey, buy me this uh, Spartan event like that's going on in San Antonio or or hey, buy me this. Uh, it's weird. Like I don't know. It's just yeah, I, noticed yeah. that, I noticed that that I experiences. Yeah, I noticed I stopped asking for like playstations or all that. But um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I signed up for it um in 2019 in December, and the event was for um March of two to, to, 2020, and I think that's when the COVID hit. Um, I think uh, sometime around that time the COVID hit, and I mean obviously like at the beginning, we're kind of like, you know, we, we didn't really think it was going to be like a whole pandemic, how it was like lockdowns and, and mask and online schools. But so, uh, it it got really bad. And uh, and California was, uh, I think the most, they're really strict. I mean, Texas and California are really different how they handled the pandemic. So California would like completely shut down and, and so did the event. So they, um, they pushed it back like about three months afterwards there's this kind of eyeballing it because you know during that time last year they're kind of think they're i think we're kind of they're kind of predicting like when the event was gonna uh take place or like covid is gonna go down like dying down so they kept pushing it back like i think three times so finally like around this time of year they're like all right guys we're gonna do it finally but you just need to have either code covid vaccine or a negative, you had to get tested for COVID and you had to come out negative. So the day before the event, I was really nervous because for one, I was really nervous about the event. And then two, I didn't get my COVID vaccine. So- but You uh, got your negative COVID test, no? You were good. Yeah, the thing I didn't know was that they had doctors there at the event that was gonna test you anyways. You just had to pay like a 40 bucks fee to, for them to test you. Oh shit, that's dope. So I'm already there, so I might as well pay. So. Yeah, so you get there and the event starts and then what's it like, man? So after I after we did the COVID test, you know, they they we they the instructors uh came out and it was like two instructors. And you could tell they right away they're they're like either former SEALs or they're still in the SEAL team. So you could get that vibe from them. They're like tough. It was like weird, it was like a weird vibe. 
and they're wearing sunglasses and they they're like oh huddle around so they got they got us in the huddle and they're talking about like okay what we're about to do and and um he was like all right guys uh who here wants to be in special forces like who wants to be a seal who wants to be rangers or whatever kind of special forces so i didn't know that was a kind of a test it was kind of like uh kind of like ah oh, sure i should have never done it but me like being kind of dumb and proud about what i wanted to do i me and three other guys raised our hands and they're like all right you three guys uh right uh draw a trident on your chest like draw like kind of like whatever trident like you know this yeah so we know who you guys are so like you know like, all right so like we draw a trident on the chest <laughs> and um after that they're like all right guys get in uh get in two lines and we're gonna do we're gonna run to the grinder so there was a place that we we're gonna run to and it was like a three mile run and it was crazy too even on the run um you can notice the instructors running faster and faster we had to keep up with them and a lot of guys it was weird because a lot of guys seemed to didn't train for the event because they were getting tired on the run they're like falling behind yeah the instructors were getting mad because it was just an easy run and so we're running to the grinder and we get to the grinder and it was just uh it's a it's like a this little square it's like a little mud pit it's like kind of it's just like out in the woods. It's like this thing they look like they created and it was just like a mud pit. It was like, it was weird. And they told us to get us a, a get us some four lines and they get us some four lines and they told us to stand at attention. And then you have all the instructors. It was like maybe like four or five instructors going around the, the, um, the people, the, who are attending the event. They're just casually conversation, like getting to know them, like, Hey, like, where are you from? You know, very nice. And, and, you know, hey, oh, hey, oh, and then they, the people that drew the trident on their chest were like, oh, yeah, you want to be a special forces? What do you want to be? And they're trying to make you feel comfortable as, and, as it is. And then the main owner, uh, his name is Mark Devine. He's like the CEO of the event. And he comes out and he's shaking everybody's hand, you know, thanking them, like, hey, thank you for coming out to the event. You're going to have fun and blah, blah. It's going to be a good time making you feel comfortable. And then he goes in the front of the, the class and he gives this motivational speech. It's like a 10 minute, 10 minute motivational speech. And then after that speech, he was like, our, our uh, instructors, uh, they're all yours. And then like two seconds later, you hear like a siren, like a police siren go off. And it was like, and then all the instructors, all the instructors were like, get the fuck on the fucking ground. You fucking <laughs> And so like, you see like, all the instructors spraying everybody with water hoses and uh, everybody with what? Um, you see all the instructors uh, spraying everybody with uh, oh, water, water hoses. hoses. Yeah, water hoses. And then you see other instructors um, get like buckets of ice and throw it at like people. And and then there, everybody's what's, doing different things. Like you know, one. Uh, what's the one point of the water with, though? Huh? Why, why? What's up with the water hoses? Why get you wet? Just so just so shit's harder. No, just to I think confuse you. Like confuse me. Yeah, like you know, if someone's spraying water hose, <laughs> water hose in your face, and they're telling you to do something, you're kind of confused. But I, I think it's just a thing of confusion. I don't know, but it worked because uh, I mean, everybody didn't know what they're doing, and uh, one instructor in particularly um, saw that I had the trident on my chest. He's like, "You want to be a fucking seal?" He's like fuck you, you're not going to be in the fucking SEAL teams, you fucking maggot. And he was like, get on the Jesus. fucking ground. 
And he, <laughs> like, you know, so I'm doing push-ups and, um, and he was, he called his other buddies, the other SEAL instructors are like, Hey, this guy wants to be a SEAL. Come over here. So it's like, I have three SEAL instructors on top of me, screaming at me, laughing at me because they're telling me to do endless push-ups. And I think the constant stress of like them telling me to do a push-up, mm-hmm. I was just getting more fatigue and they're laughing at me like, oh, this guy can't even do a single push-up and you want to be in the SEAL teams. And it was just like, I just knew from right then and there, like I drew unwanted attention to myself by drawing that trident on my chest. And yeah. it was like... And that was the worst thing I could do about. Uh, about I think, it, I think I, it was better, right? You wanted the full experience. I think it was better. I think at the end, at the, at the time, like at the moment, I I don't think I was like fuck this. Like I shouldn't. But I think it was better because you got extra attention from the uh, instructors because they're trying to. They're especially like the people want to be in special forces, and they're like, "Yo, let's hammer this guy like really hard." And so I think we got two times more of the experience than everybody else because they kept like they just kept like pushing us a, a lot you know they would make fun of us and they would be like <laughs> i remember like even we did like it was like how you see um on if you on the buds videos and you know, we will do flutter kicks and yeah. and push-ups and sit-ups and and squats it was like an hour of just calisthenics it was like body weight stuff like stuff like you don't think it's hard mm-hmm. but like added to the stress of like of the of of the water and the cold and rolling around in the mud too. I forgot and you're all muddy and and sandy. So it was like kind of a taste of getting uh, wet and sandy for a little bit. And it was like I you know I I looked to my left and right and everybody's suffering like with you. And I felt kind of happy being there because I was like wow like I thought about this so much in my life about reading the books about buds and all that. So I'm getting like, kind of like a firsthand experience when actual uh, SEAL instructors like screaming at you. It was like some kind of sadistic thing I was thinking. Like, it was like, you know, I, I know this sucks, but like, I'm really happy being here. Like, you know, I'm happy like being here. And it was, it was a weird experience. It was a surreal experience for me. So being did, it push you? did it push you? Like, was it difficult enough to where it pushed you or were you like, did it feel just like a difficult CrossFit class? Or were you, were you thinking, was it on another level where you, it was on an, I think it was on, on, on another level, like, cause CrossFit, like, you know, it's different cause you know, CrossFit or any kind of class or gym, you know, you're going in there, like, uh, no one's screaming at you. I mean, like you're going in there with your, with your comfortable clothes and, you know, your headphones and, um, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a very comfortable environment that you're in, even in, even in the CrossFit gym, you know, you have guys that, you know, they have certain, uh, moves, movements that you have to do in CrossFit. And it's like, you know, you could either take it slow, or you could take it easy on yourself on the weights and all that. But this was kind of like on this event, it was kind of like them pushing you to their standards. Like, you know, it was kind of like, if you can't even do like one or two pushups, like we, we, we had to do like 10 pushups all together in a unison, like all together. Yeah. And if we didn't do it all together, we had to start over and it was like, do it again, do it again. Like, you know, we had to yeah. count all together and I don't know how many pushups we did, but it was just like, it was a lot. It was just like, and then plus you have like one guy having a water hose directly in your face while you're trying to count off the, the pushups and then you have another guy to your side screaming at you, calling you like worthless and like, 
making fun of you that you can't even do like uh like two push-ups like perfectly it had to be very very perfect they they really strive for perfectionism so that's why it's kind of like it's it was really stressful but it was on another level completely with within that first hour we two people quit within the first hour oh you can quit do they have like the bell no 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 i i didn't know that you could quit uh that i didn't know that was a thing i thought like it was weird because you paid for this event you fly into this event and you quit yeah uh but no there was no bell it was like kind of like it's kind of you go up to the instructors like hey um i quit it's kind of like that it's got it's no it's nothing fancy it's kind of like all right well go see the medic and that's it that's how you quit so what what was uh what did you how what did you do for preparation what kind of exercises were you doing or what how were you training uh so it was like you know going back to crossfit it was like i was doing kind of like crossfit kind of workouts it wasn't exactly like crossfit i go to this gym uh here in el paso it's called black flag and it's uh they have aspects of crossfit workouts but they don't consider themselves a crossfit gym that Mm. makes sense like they hate CrossFit. yeah kind of like on it yeah kind of like on it you know they had uh you know they have they have classes and it's like, you know, it's a lot of repetitions that they do. It's kind of like, it, you know, it's always with the rowing machine or the skier. Uh, I don't know if you ever done that. Yeah. Machine. The one where you're standing up and you, yeah, it's like, like you're skiing. skiing. Yeah. It's like simulating skiing and, um, they have that machine and then they have the assault bike where you're kind of like rowing, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, you're rowing back and forth. It's like a bike. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, it does sound like the on gym here in Austin, Texas, because they have yeah, like all those things. And it's, it's different because they have a lot of mobility built in between like the exercise sets. So like, you'll be doing, you'll be doing like the rowing and then the skiing. Right. And then there'll be kettlebell work. You'll be like yeah, rowing kettlebell and then like mace stuff. And then you'll do yeah, like some yeah. for rest. You'll do like a mobility thing. Like it's kind of like a stretching thing. And then he continues, he goes all over. And then maybe you have like a 10 second, 20 second rest. Yeah. Um, it was, it was like, yeah. Like the, an example for a workout for, for them would be our row a thousand meters, then do 20 burpees. And then you're going to do that for three rounds. Yeah. That's kind of yeah, like yeah. an example. They do kind of workouts. And then on Fridays they do like team workouts. They like one time we did like a marathon row. Like you had to do a marathon on the rower and everybody yeah. turned like, you know, we're trying to finish rowing as a team. And it's kind of like, you know, team workouts that we do on Fridays or they do on Fridays. And then if a lot of people don't go to the Saturday class, but I think the Saturday class is even harder. I think uh, one of the hard, one of the hard, I mean, not the one of the hardest workouts I've done, but like one of the workouts I remember doing was they wanted to do. So a hundred, a hundred burpees with a hundred lunges with the hundred pushups with the hundred, um, pull-ups. And Jesus. it's like, yeah, it was like more of a, it, like it was kind of those kind of workouts. Yeah. And like how much time me. do you get? I mean, yeah, there's, it's like a 30 minute class now. Yeah. It was like an hour. I mean, they, an hour? it's like an hour That's... and you do finish it in an hour. It's crazy. I mean, it's like, Whoa, it, shoot, that was an hour. Like, so. I see, I see how it could be possible. I mean, so it's very for, possible in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I did that for about, um, about <laughs> like four or five months, uh, prior to the event that was coming up. So and it helped you, me a lot. It did help me a lot. Yeah. So. You felt like that prepared you. Yeah. I felt it was weird because, um, we did a lot of running at the, at the event, but those four months prior, five months prior, I 
never ran like it was weird like it, i was just doing those cross or those mm. uh workouts those crazy workouts and i think uh i think during the rower like those um and i don't know if you call it anaerobic exercises or uh cardio exercises i think it helped me with the running a lot i felt more comfortable like running it was weird even though i haven't ran in those four or five months i just i was like one of the fastest guys in the class i was i was up there with the instructors i wasn't falling behind so it was weird it was like a weird thing i thought to myself it was weird because i was running really fast and i felt pretty good like and i was like wow i haven't ran in five months and i'm like doing pretty good like we they did like a they timed us on the mile run and i did like a like a like a like a nine something on the run damn yeah. did you uh did you do any swimming i didn't know no there's no swimming in this I, event no because uh uh since covid hit they had to they had to save their money and they had they did the event at a campsite um um so usually at their headquarters they have a they have a swimming pool so um there was no swimming in this event. It was just a lot of calisthenics, running, um, rucking. We did a lot of rucking in our bag. And mm. uh, it was like a 40-pound or 50-pound sandbag in our backpack. So we had to ruck with it everywhere, kind of. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Dude, so you were talking about how you did this because you uh, because you, you plan on, on going in to try out for the Navy SEALs, right? It's joining the Navy. And, um, is that still your, part of your plan or no? I th- yeah, I think uh, I think doing this event, I I think doing this event only like uh, pushed me to go for the seals even more because uh, because you know like as long I I, I mean as long as I know or you know me I always wanted to I always wanted to be a, a Navy SEAL since high school. That's when I first found out about like the seals. It was like I think like in sophomore year of high school, and ever since I found out about that particular like job in the mm-hmm. Navy, just like out of curiosity and feeding my curiosity only fueled me to be like a Navy SEAL. So like back then I bought like endless books on like SEALs and watch endless videos on YouTube. And, and it was always like the same thing, like buds or like, you know, or the, the crazy training that would do. So I think during doing this endurance event and getting that little taste of what it'll be like and the training, I'd be like, it only fueled myself even more. Cause I was like, you know what? I, I could do this. Like, you know, it's like, cause you, that's like a, an event like that. You can't get out of a, out of a reading a book or you can't get out of a, watching any kind of YouTube videos or movies. And it was just like more experiencing the experience, uh, was yeah. more of, uh, uh, the thing that fueled me to like do this even more. And that the cool thing about it was like uh, uh, one SEAL instructor at the event, um, he's still, he's still in the, he's still in the Navy SEALs. He's stationed in San Diego and, and he was telling me, he was on my ass dude, like the whole fucking time, like throughout the event, he was like hammering me down. He was making fun of me. He was calling me speeding Gonzalez. <laughs> because <laughs> mm. I was like really fast and um I don't know if that's a racist thing I mean maybe who knows I didn't take it offensive I mean I, I maybe some people <laughs> that I know would I mean it's a white guy telling you that and it's funny too because he was like I don't know he'll be like oh like he's like come on speed and go inside I was like go faster go faster and 
And I told my dad that I told my dad that the steel instructors were calling me speeding Gonzalez and he got mad. He's like, what? He was like, well, were they white? And I was like, yeah, there's a good, and he was getting really upset. But at the time I, I didn't really care. I was like, I didn't really think about it, but I was mm, like, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I have a, I have a good sense of humor, so I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, uh, going, what is it specifically about? Navy SEALs that, that attracts you? Like you understand the job. What is it about the job that attracts you so much? Like why, why is this, uh, yeah. Why is it so attractive? I, you know, well, first, what first gained my attraction to the, like the SEALs itself was, I, I mean, I didn't really, when I, when I first found out, like going back to high school, when I first found out about the SEALs, I went to YouTube and I Googled Navy SEALs um, uh, buds. And there's, you know, the first video I watched was called um, Buds Class 234. Uh, and it's a very common um, buds. It's a buds documentary. It's like a four part documentary. It's like a four part episode, each one an hour. And I watched like all four episodes and it just goes through each phase of the buds training and every beginning of the episode, it always, uh, cat- like it always like uh, emphasize, is that how you say it? Like, yeah. Emphasized about the most grueling, most hardest, most difficult training military training in the world. So I don't know, like that got my curiosity. I was like, man, this, the most, and the attrition rate, like the dropout rate, they always would be like, you know, 80% or 70% of people would drop out of this training. Hmm. So I don't know why that gained my curiosity. I was like, huh, like, you know, I was just like, this seems pretty cool. Like I, was like, I was like, something that difficult. Imagine, and I would always envision myself, I was like, imagine doing something that difficult and passing it. You must be like some kind of special person, I think. I don't know. But yeah, 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 yeah. That. I can see that. I can see that. Certain, uh, certain someone to go through a training like that. So that gained my curiosity. I think if you would, if I would go through that training, I think you would get something out of it that, that, that could make you a different person, I think for the better. So I think like, and then after reading multiple, like, you know, stories, getting more in depth of like the actual job itself. I mean, they get the most classified missions. They get the most, uh, uh, dangerous missions and i think uh like i think like a job like that it's 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 better than sitting at a desk um i mean no offense to anyone that wants that kind of life but uh i think i think having an event or doing a job like that i think that's really cool i think that's uh it's like the stuff that we're always i think kids or kids or are always into like james bond and all that like you know you're thinking about yeah or being a secret agent or something like that. Like, I think like, uh, I think, I, I don't know how to explain that. I get what you mean. Cause yeah, Jocko, yeah. uh, talks about uh, Jocko and other Navy SEALs. I mean, Jocko is the one that I heard say that like for him being a Navy SEAL seemed like such a cool job. Cause you get to shoot guns and kill bad guys. Um, yeah, yeah. but to me, that doesn't seem attractive at all. Like that seems kind of like, uh, that, that I wouldn't want to do that. Does because uh, the re- the reality is that I mean you're you're soldier right, and especially Navy SEALs, your like job is to go out and and kill people and perhaps uh, possibly get killed 
I yeah. mean, uh, does that, cause I know you're attracted to, uh, the, how it's hard, right? It's hard to get into a Navy SEAL, but once you become a Navy SEAL, like let's say you do become a Navy SEAL, does that, that entire job, does that, uh, all of it still attracts you? Um, you know, the, the fact that you or your job is, is to go out and, and you're going to have to definitely get into some very dangerous situations, you know, because I, I think right now it's like, yeah, it does. It, it's still, I mean, right now it still does attract me to the job. Like itself. like, I know what you're saying about like, you know, uh, I'm yeah, I'm, just, I'm asking, like, I, I wonder if like you've, if you had thought of that, I mean, I'm sure you have, but I'm just wondering your thoughts on that, on the, that part of the job. Uh, I mean, I mean, fortunately, I mean, fortunately, like, you know, um, throughout my whole life, I met like four Navy SEALs, actual Navy SEALs. So I met Marcus Luttrell, I met David Goggins, um, I met this, uh, former SEAL that, that I met that at the endurance event. And mm -hmm. then I met another SEAL. I forgot his name. I just remember that he was part of SEAL Team Six, and he was on he was on the raid of Captain Phillips. He was one of the snipers, mm -hmm. and that's all I, I always ask him about. I always ask him about their their um, opinion about being a Navy SEAL, and they always it's like kind of a sense of like um, um, love for the job. I think like it's kind of like you know they do it for their country, they do it for themselves, they do it for the family. And they really have a deep belief about about fighting for your country. That's the thing. That's like it's like it's a. It's, I think it's a very admirable thing just to go to the military itself. Like I, I think, uh, um, yeah. If you belong, I think if you belong to something like kind of like like a brotherhood, kind of like a like a like the SEAL teams, and just if you're believing like you're doing something for the greater good for your country, I think that's a very cool thing. I think it's a very admirable thing just to like, um, it's the stuff like, a, like that stuff. It's like the seals are like kind of like the, or the like special forces are kind of like the modern day, like Spartans, like, you know? Yeah. Like uh, the 300 Spartans, I think like, you know, it's like being that kind of person. I think it's kind of like, I think it's kind of cool. I think, uh, um, I think it's just, I think, I just think like to just getting to the bottom of it, I think it's a very admirable thing to do like a job itself like that. Yeah, no, I agree the the whole thing about the camaraderie, um, it sounds incredible. And I, and I think I've, I've been looking for ways to build a, a, some sort of camaraderie around, uh, you know, with like the career, whatever my career ends up being, um, because it's one of the things that I respect a lot about the military that you like you go through it with these guys, this group of guys, and you all have this thing in common that you can forever look back on. And, um, but yeah, no. And of course it's super an incredible thing to do for the country. Like if you, uh, you know, serving your country. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, I think that's, that's dope as fuck. And, uh, do you have any, like, when do you think, uh, you're, you're still in school right now, right? Like you're, would you, are you thinking of joining after, right after college? Yeah. Like right now I'm in uh, STEM school. Um, I have about like a year left to finish. So my, my goal to join the military is uh, by the end of next year in December. 
Yeah, yeah. That's my my personal goal. Hell yeah. And uh, it gives me like a whole year just to train because um, when I when I did when I did this uh, endurance event, I don't know if I told you, but I uh, one of the steel instructors uh, <laughs> gave me his uh, phone number. Yeah. I was, he was talking to me about being a seal and he's in uh um he's in seal team eight that's what he told me mm. and he's about to be an officer in the seal teams so mm-hmm. he gave me his number and i'm really like appreciative about him giving his number out to me and he said like hey man look if you want any mentoring if you want any workouts i you know just shoot me a text so that's dope as fuck yeah that's, that's something i'm working on with him um that i'm gonna do this for preparation, having that inside kind of a scoop. Yeah. Cause he was saying, he was just like, he was like, yeah, like, you know, like I know all the buds instructors. I know, I, I know, um, all the things like, you know, that I, he was like, he was, he basically told me, he's like, you know, I wish going through going to seal training. I wish I had a mentor. Mm. So I just want to give that to you to help you out. That's what he told me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm really happy that he gave me his number. And, um, we're talking like, you know, we're talking like, uh, we, we, we text here and there. Um, um, so he, he, I mean, he told me too, he's like, when do you think about joining the military? And I said a year. So he was like, you know, we have a year to prepare you to, for buds, you know, like to, to work out. So I give, I I'm giving myself that timeline within a year. So yeah. And you're always doing crazy like events, like the, the Spartan race. I mean, I don't, I've never done one of those. Uh, yeah. But- so like my whole goals for this year, like I have, after doing this event, I have, I'm doing the Spartan race in the May. Uh-huh. That's going to be in San Antonio. That's like a 12 to 10 mile race. And okay. then in June, I'm thinking of, I'm doing a, uh, another Spartan race in Utah with Jesus. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. A mutual friend Jesus. And that's going to be about a 50 mile race in Utah. And then in September, I'm doing another endurance event, the same one, the seal fit, but a 24 hour uh, endurance event. Damn bro. So I'm doing that. And then it's September and then November, in November, I signed up to do an ultra marathon in El Paso that they have in, uh, uh, what's that mountain, the hiking mountain they have. No, um, the, the, the Franklin mountain. Yeah, the Franklin Mountain. It's a, it's it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna take place in the Franklin Mountain. So I'm what's doing a, what's an ultra marathon consist of? So there's half marathons, which is 15, 15 miles, yeah. and then there's marathons, which is like twenty six plus miles, and then ultra marathons is actually a thing that people are getting into. And ultra marathons could be between thirty miles to like fifty miles to hundred miles. Jesus. So, yeah. So wait, what is this one gonna be? I think I'm doing a 50 mile one. So yeah. have you done a marathon before? Uh, I've never done one. <laughs> <laughs> You've never done a marathon and you're going to do a 50, a 50 mile marathon. That's dope. I like that. Uh, it's stupid. I, I, <laughs> so How are you going to prepare? Me, you would tell me it's like, you're, you're done. If you've never done a marathon, you're going to do an ultra marathon. I, I think that's kind of, I always have, I always been, I always have been like, you know, I was just like, like they tell me about these endurance events. It was like, you're going to do this event if you've never been in the military. Like, and I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, like, how are you uh, going to prepare for this ultra marathon? Uh, I got a contact with the guy at the gym that I go to. He does ultra marathons. And, 
I think it's going to be fun. I think it should be fun. I think it's, uh, I think it should be interesting when, when that happens, uh, training for it. But right now I'm, I'm right now the next event I'm training for is a Spartan event. So that's going to, that's the one I'm concentrating on. So I'm doing more running with that. So. Um, Dude, I kind of want to do a, a, a like, uh, I want to start doing these events. Uh, that sounds cool. Uh, I really want to compete in, uh, what I'd like to do at one point is compete in jujitsu. Uh, that, that'd be my number one. And then compete after that in uh, in dancing, uh, jujitsu first, then dancing. Uh, I mean, uh, I we used to detang- I, I used to detango with uh, with Daniel. With Daniel, yeah, we used to when he was living here in uh, El Paso. We went to a tango class every Thursday, and it was like about twenty to thirty minutes away, like the class, and it was so funny, like because he was like, I don't know how we we had this conversation, I think it was a conversation like me and you were having and I was tying on like, you know, I always wanted to try tango and he was like, Oh yeah, me dude, me too. And I was like, okay, let's do a tango. So I Googled like tango classes and I was like, yeah. one popped up. It was like Argentino tango on the, on the West side of El Paso. So I was like, Hey bro, you want to go? So it was funny because when we went together, we dressed up in workout clothes. I had a muscle t-shirt and shorts and Daniel had a t-shirt and some shorts and we had sneakers on. And when we walked into the place, the place was like a winery. It was kind yeah. of like a really fancy place. And we're asking like, uh, do you know where the tango class is? And he's like, oh yeah, it's in the back. So we go in the back and we walk into class. We're a little late. And I was like, oh shoot, so we're a little late. And we walk in and it's all these couples dressed up like in suits and ties ready to tango. Wow. And you have these two weirdos walking in in the tango class with workout clothes and everybody's looking at us like, Oh, can we help you? We're like, Oh yeah, we're here to, we're here to take the tango class. Like, oh yeah. You're Miguel. Cause I called before like about, the, about yeah. the class. The lady was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just, uh, just follow us, go in the back and we'll, we'll, we'll go through the basics with you. And or <laughs> we have these, it was so funny. Cause like, it was like these two weirdos and they're, they're like old, old, old couples. Like we're probably the youngest people on there just dress up really, really nicely. Like this really nice. And I think that I, I would have showed up the same way because of the dancing classes that I've gone, I've shown up in like t-shirt and shorts. That, that, that's initially what we thought. Like me and Daniel, like, we're thinking, yeah. like you know, it's going to be a dance class. We're going to work out. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be, we got to be comfortable. So well, I don't know about workout. <laughs> some people, some people I, I was like, I was thinking like Zumba or something like that. Zumba? No. What yeah. are you saying? You're going to a tango class. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've never been to a dance class and my initial, my thought process of dancing classes is Zumba. Like, you know, I don't know. I fucking know. <laughs> no, it's not Zumba. It's not a workout class. It's like you're learning the, the technique of dancing. You're learning how like the specific steps so that you can go out and then like, and then just dance you know it's not like a i mean it, it could be a workout but really what i've discovered what, I, what i've seen what i why what i love about the dancing classes is that it's like this whole art of learn and you can learn this stuff like it's all these intricate moves that you can learn um which i thought is, is really really cool uh, I, but you haven't done any dancing since right or have you no that was my only experience with dancing uh um, but it was a, it was actually a really cool experience. I actually missed uh, going to tango class with uh, mm. Daniel. It was a really cool. I look forward to that once a week uh, class. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I I did learn a lot. Like it was a, I learned the basics of 
Argentina tango. And uh, it was just, uh, I fell in love with it. I think I would love to do it again. Like I, I later in my life, I think I would love to get good at it. So. I, I wanted to go back to talking about, um, to more fitness. Like, I, cause like, I'm so interested. You just sign up for these things and you just go. Or like, I, I'm confused as like, <laughs> cause you, this ultra marathon, you just sign up for it and then you just train a month before a few months before how, how, how much time do you spend training? Well, um, so it's funny that it's funny that you say that because I have a habit of just signing up without knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my first Spartan race was in 2017 and it took place in, um, it actually took place in, um, and I, I think Austin or, and it was funny because I just, it, they had a, they had a special going on and I forgot the price. Uh, it's like a hundred bucks or whatever, but I signed up one to do on Saturday, which was, it was a Spartan super. So that consists of like 10 to 12 miles. And then I signed up for another race the next day what was on a Sunday. It was a Spartan sprint and that was a four to five mile race. Mm. And I signed up for both of them like Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah. And it was, it was on a, it was on a, it was on, I think it was, I think it took place in San Antonio and um i didn't have no training whatsoever i think i was a lifeguard at the time and i i think the only running i did was a week before and i was like fuck it let's let's just, let's just how, do did, it. how did that go how did that feel afterwards how did you feel after the event going well, in with first, that training with the the first event i did on saturday it felt forever like just running through the obstacles and like, you know, it's, it, it, it's weird. Like a Spartan event, they have like, they have a weird terrain. Like I feel like they purposely picked the hardest terrain cause it was like hills and downhills mm. and there was like mud hills going through some, uh, water pits. And it was like different, um, different obstacles you had to go through. Like one of the obstacles that was kind of like the one that got me the most was we had to pick up this, um, I don't know what you call those. Uh, it's like those big st- atlas stones. Uh, yeah, you know, they're like, like balls, huge balls. Yeah, like it's like a ball, like a sphere. Yeah, like sphere, a concrete. Yeah. It's like, but yeah. it was it weighed about like this one. I think it weighed like a hundred pounds, and we had to carry that thing for like a hundred meters across a, a across a farm field. And it was like things like that. It was kind of like weird. It was like, whoa, like I was like, I had, did not train for this whatsoever. And it was just like, just going through the event, it was like my, it was like my curiosity and my stupidity got me the best of me. So I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I was just curious when I signed up for it. And I, yeah. didn't, I didn't train for it whatsoever, but I did it. And you know, I finished it. Um, and then at the first day I was fucking, I was like really beat up. And then I was like, damn, I signed for another one tomorrow and and i was like fuck i had to go to sleep eat and wake up early the next day because it was a morning <laughs> event it was like it took place at nine o'clock in the morning and i finished the, the the event saturday event like around uh um uh it was around like six o'clock in the afternoon and so when i got when i got back to the place i was staying at it was already like eight o'clock and i had to go to sleep and then do the event all over again but after that, you were like, I'm going to do this again. Like you, you loved it. 
Did you love it, or were you like, oh yeah, yeah, never gonna I do this again? yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, just uh, it's a demis. I I I would I would do one with you. Like that's how much I would do. Dude, it. I'd be fine. I'd be I, down. I gotta commit. Daniel, Daniel is not interested in doing it. I was like, whoa. Why? Man. Did you ask him why? I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't really get into that conversation. <laughs> no, I'd be down to do. I'd be down to do it. I, you know what I like about you, Miguel, is that sometimes you just go for stuff. You know, like the, these events, you don't, uh, a lot of people, they, they talk themselves out of it right bef- even before even trying, you know, um, I had a friend who called me the other day who was like, uh, I really like this boxing class and, and I want to do it. And, <laughs> but I'm thinking about the money I'm thinking of, is it, is it worth it? And, and I think there's some benefit into just sometimes jumping into things when you've kind of already tried them and you feel excited about them. And, and, you know, just give it a try. You don't, you're not committing forever, right? Yeah, it's just I, one I, event. I, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think people, what stops people from doing like, like boxing classes or whatever classes or mm-hmm. marathon races. Cause I mean, everything has a price. I mean, nothing's free like in life. So of course you got to pay for something, but, uh, mm-hmm. um, I thought about it like, you know, at the time, when I bought that Spartan event, I was, like I said, I was working as a lifeguard. I was only getting paid like seven forty-five, and I was only part-time. So, I mean, you can imagine my paychecks weren't that good. I mean, so, and I was a college student too. So, but I thought about it, like, I thought about it, you know, people like think about scenarios like, ah, oh, you know, I'll do it. Like when I have this much money or like, you know, I'll, but I think like, I, I just, I just thought about it. Like, you know, money's going to come, come and go. Like, you know, you're eventually going to get that money back whenever, and no matter how long it Mm -hmm. takes, no matter like I, like that whole event, I spent around like 400 bucks, uh, on the event. And then I had to pay for gas, like driving. And so I I don't know how much I pay. I mean, I, I, I kind of spend like 600 bucks, 600 bucks on a weekend. And then uh, but I, you know, of course I was, uh, of course my bank account wasn't looking that good, but I thought about it like, you know, this is the event that I'm doing for myself and myself only. And I didn't beg anyone to do this Spartan event with me. I went by myself. I I just did it by myself. And I already knew like, you know, like, oh, shoot, I only have like 200 bucks in my bank account. But like at the end of the day, it's like, so what? Like, it's like, yeah. I'm going to work. I'm working. It's not like I'm jobless. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to get that money back. I probably have to work some overtime, but like, it was like, so what? Like, it was just like, I just, I, I just wanted to do it. Cause I just, I just did it. And I think, um, I think the only thing stopping you from doing anything like events or classes is like yourself. I think, uh, I think is a, uh, I think that's another obstacle people put in their way. It's mm-hmm. like the money factor, I think. Uh, but if you really think about it, uh, um, I really, if, if you really think about it, um, I mean, financially you're going to get that money back. I think if you're yeah. um, I think people should just do things in life, like just do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, um, I, I think you shouldn't wait for something like that. Like, you know, if you have the money, just do it. Like, you know, just, the uh, the sign up for it or, <clears throat> you know, do that boxing class, you know, you know, boxing, like some boxing classes could be relatively expensive, but I think you should look for like maybe another boxing gym, that's easily less expensive than the one you want to go to maybe. Um, yeah. Depending on like what kind of class you're looking for, if you're looking to box or if you're looking to uh, just to work out, I think, uh, um, I think 
I, I think you could find ways just to work out without money, I think, too. Or, yeah, instead of just paying for the for the boxing. I mean, I guess if, it, if you think it's fun, I, I, get, I could see why you would want to pay for the boxing class. I, I, I'd do it for the learning. Like if I, I would want to learn how to box. How did you get into boxing? How did you start getting into boxing? Oh, so that was uh, that was an also sophomore year of high school when um, I I um, I think I was just watch- it was just really stupid too. I think I watched like a boxing fight on TV. I think it was like Manny Pacquiao or something like that. And and I was like, hey, I want to join a boxing class. And my dad is actually the one that found this boxing gym that his friend go to. His like one of his uh, law enforcement buddies and. It was called pound for pound at the time. It's closed down. It's like a, the gym's already closed down, but like, it was like one of those gyms. It was a, it was a fighting gym. Like when it comes to boxing, I don't know if people know about this, but there's different boxing gyms. Like there's the workout boxing gym. Yeah. And then there's fighter fighting gyms. I think there's a difference because when think when people think about boxing, like how your friend is or your friend like she wants to go to a boxing class. I already know. I think in my head that she's thinking about going to a, a workout class, like, you know, an hour class, an hour hit boxing. And uh, you, you have a trainer in front of you, like, all right, guys, we're going to throw the one, two, all right, ready, go. And they're like, one, two, one. And yeah. it's like, but when you go to a fighting gym, it's like a diff- diff- different atmosphere. Like, you know, it's like kind of a, it's kind of like in a rut, like everybody has a, a mindset of like, you know, it's not your typical workout class. You know, people are sparring people. You, you go, you go to the gym, you go to the ring, you spar in the ring, you do different workouts and you're training to fight, uh, for a boxing, uh, fight eventually. And the gym I went to was a fighting, was a fighting, was a fighting gym. Um, everybody was competing either in amateur boxing or pro boxing. And, uh, it was really cool. It was a really cool learning experience. I think that's when you actually learn how to box yeah of course because when you go to a workout class in boxing the trainer just tells you okay just do a one two and he just shows you he shows the whole class like for five seconds how to do a one two they're like all right go for a minute but when you actually go to a fighting gym you actually have like a real uh boxing trainer that really gets with you about the techniques of how to throw a jab and how to throw a right hook how to throw an uppercut and it's all like body mechanics. I think it's like the way you move your legs, the way you move your waist, it goes from the bottom up from like, I think your punching power. I think, uh, if you, if you ever see like the weird thing is, uh, I got my ass kicked the first day. Cause it was like about, it was a by this, like the skinny kid, like this, the, like the skinniest guy you could ever imagine. Like mm-hmm. didn't look like he eat very much or what all of that. And I'm like, you know, people tell me I'm like a relatively kind of, uh, not buff, but kind of like shape person, like a person that has in shape. So yeah. my ego got in the way. It was like, this guy is freaking skinny ass kid. <laughs> you know, if we're in a real fight, I would kick your ass, like kind of thing, kind of ego. I go in the ring. The first round uh, starts, like the bell rings. And that first jab that he threw in my face, it felt like, like, like kind of like, it was like a brick hitting my face. It, it felt very, very rough. And the second punch he landed was all, also, uh, all, he landed like a one, two pretty quick. And he did another one, two. And my nose started bleeding. 
this was a uh, you were sparring or you were we're sparring yeah we're sparring i forgot to get to that yeah but um we're sparring uh because i remember the the boxing coach was like you know yeah you want to get in the ring to spar i mean this guy's an amateur guy and i was like yeah hell yeah like so put on the the gear and the gloves and and this guy kicked my ass i mean my nose is bleeding uh, a lot and they had to stop the 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 round they're asking me are you okay and i'm like yeah it's just I think I have a sensitive nose because it, it didn't really hurt. And so um, my ego got another way. I was like, you know, I can't quit. Like, it was like, you know, I can't, can't let this guy show me up. And, and so this guy was just uh, beating up on me for like three rounds. And it was, uh, my, it was so weird because, you know, my headgear was all full of blood. Mm-hmm. My t-shirt was all full of blood. And I just felt like I murdered somebody. It felt like it looked like a murder scene. Like when I came out of the ring, I felt like you you would think like I killed somebody in the back, but like it was just like me getting my ass kicked by this kid. And it was like there's more to box. It's like technique. This guy was just using technique, and he like beat up on me, and it was just so weird. But um, yeah, yeah, it's uh that is the difference between a uh, training gym and a, and, a, and a workout gym, like the repetition of the, uh, like you said, the technique, just the technique, knowing that like, it's not as intuitive as you would think. Like for some people it is, if you're like, yeah, I think some people are naturals at it, but, uh, for example, for Muay Thai, like it's, uh, you're not really kicking with your leg. Yeah. Yeah. You're not really kicking with your leg. You're kicking with your entire like hip. So it's like the leg is just kind of like the, the end piece, the mechanism by which like the power is delivered and you're not, the power isn't coming from like the leg itself. It's like from your hips and all that shit. You're not going to learn like, unless somebody tells you, like, unless somebody, somebody has to tell you how you're doing it, correct you over and over again. Like when I was in Thailand, some cases, I think there, I had two different types of trainers. One, the ones that were just like correcting me, like, Oh no, no, do this, do this more, do like turn the hip more. And then I have this one trainer who was an asshole. And every time I fucked up, he would just stop and look at me and then he would, he would hit me. <laughs> he fucking yeah. hit me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you have, you have some uh, trainers like that in boxing too. I think, uh, I think the best trainers are kind of like that. I think, uh, you need a, like a hardcore, um, old school kind of trainer like that. No bullshit kind of guy. Yeah. Hey, if you're not doing it right, like boom, they correct you. And, I think, uh, I think some people it works and then some other people, it doesn't work. I think, uh, some people get sensitive about like, yeah, I think it's better to have a trainer who's like in the middle, who has a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, but like, I was going to ask you, uh, I don't know if I asked you this. Have you ever seen that movie, a uh, kickboxer? No, I have not. No, damn it. It's, it's an old school movie. It's about this, it's about this guy who's in kickboxing, but he goes to Thailand because this, uh, this, his brother enters, a um mm-hmm. uh, a muay thai tournament and he gets killed by this uh, muay thai boxer oh my god so to get revenge he goes to muay thai i mean he goes to thailand and he Train. tries to learn muay thai to get into that tournament tournament to uh, avenge his brother that's what i was going to ask you was like was it like kind of but it was weird uh i don't know if you ever seen those videos of muay thai uh kickboxers kicking the palm trees i have yeah that's just pretty dope it, w- i mean it looks it, really uh, cool i don't know how good it is for your body um but when you did you ever experience like any kind of like um like i don't know did you ever experience like a like a hit from a kick or a punch what was kind of like okay mm. that's it i'm done with muay thai like that's, nah no i had really 
kind so, trainers. Okay. That's how that, I'm gonna put it. Tell me about that boxing. About like when they get in the ring, when they spar, and they get land, they land like the other guy lands a really good punch to the stomach, to the head, and they're like, okay, that's it. I'm done with boxing. That's that really fucking sucked. Like, like nah. One time I did get nah. Then I had really kind trainers because like my trainers were uh, stadium champs. And in Thailand, that's a huge, like if you're a stadium champion, from what I gathered, that was a pretty big fucking deal. Like you, <laughs> the I heard, stadiums. I heard, uh, I heard they're treating like celebrities though. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we were able to walk into some, like uh, some, some stadiums uh, where they were having fights for free um, with my trainer. So I guess uh, a lot of people do in the community of Muay Thai do know them. But to answer your question about whether I was ever hit that hard nah I, I would never really did any hard sparring which is kind of a shame because i just i still to this day i don't know what it feels like to get kicked really fucking hard and i did uh one day see my trainer train like full force and it was like it was like rocky coming out i don't know it was like a champion coming out of retirement and he was training with a the owner of the gym and his kicks were just like so fucking scary it's this tiny guy it was like this small guy but his kicks were like whoa bro he he went to like super saiyan mode he was like ah, ah. I so a, i met a i met a guy that um abel abel's abel's friend and he's a mma fighter and he was saying that he goes to uh, thailand to go train for a couple months and he comes back to the states he was telling me that that uh the muay thai over there it's like a it's like a big thing. It's like a cultural thing. I think it's like yeah, everybody does it. I think the it's like, it's like their, their football. He said that he went to watch some fights, but it wasn't adults. It was kids. It's mm. like little kids, like yeah. four or five years old. And he was saying that those kids go at it. Like it's pretty brutal. He was saying that like, if that happened in the States, like people would be look at it and be like, yo, that's child abuse. But like to them, mm. I think it's like kind of like, uh, he was, t- he was saying that's like, uh, to them, it's like an honor thing. It's like you're you're honoring like kind of like your family, or you or you're doing it to to pay for your family because you know that's. I think a lot of Muay Thai fighters they get into Muay Thai to to get money. I think it's like to um, to get to feed themselves or their families or or mm-hmm. something like that. Like uh, I don't know if you ever saw anything like uh, I don't know if you ever got that from being in Thailand. Like it's like Muay Thai was a big thing or or. Yeah, yeah, Muay Thai was it was a huge thing. It was like their football. Yeah, it's it's a huge thing, and and uh, and yeah, it's like they have st- stadiums for it. Like I said, they have like stadiums dedicated to just Muay Thai. But um, I don't know how much money um, is in it. Uh, I never asked, but I'm sure there is some money because a lot of people, I guess, are do are involved in it. And I don't. I didn't have, uh, I don't really know too much about it because I wasn't able to ask a lot of questions because my trainers never spoke English and I never spoke Thai. So my extent of the extent of what I know is, is, uh, is just from my training. Like I just know kind of like the culture a little bit of the training culture, but it wasn't even like real. I wouldn't even consider that it was real training, even though I think I had very good, um, one-on-one training because i was a lot of the times the only one in the gym i wouldn't say it was like a real thailand muay thai gym because i it was more for foreigners and uh yeah yeah, and it wasn't like thai people weren't there and i think 
the Thai people are the ones that are legitly practicing it, you know? And so that's why I was also never got hit because I, I never sparred um, except with my trainers. Um, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, uh, I really want to try it out. I want to, I want to go back and try it, um, with the real Thai people. But, but I did speak to some, some like other foreigners that were training Muay Thai and that were preparing for fights. And, um, I asked them, would you, are you gonna, are you gonna, are you a pro boxer? Are you gonna fight against a pro fighter? And they're like, Oh no, I would die. I would die if I fought a pro Thai person. I would get sent to the hospital tonight. I was like, I, "Wow, I, yeah." I, I seen those. I uh, mean, I mean, I watch videos on YouTube of those uh, Muay Thai fighters, and it's just that uh, um, there's one particular like vlogger that I was watching. He was saying that he did Muay Thai in Thailand for he was practicing it for six months, and then he wanted to do one Muay Thai. Uh, um, fight just to say he did it kind of thing mm-hmm. and he got knocked out within the first round <laughs> Jesus. and uh it was just kind of like it was just kind of like it was just like yeah it was it was just like really rough to watch because i think those more thai people or those thai people i mean they the way they fight it's like pretty it's pretty brutal like it's uh and yeah it's like why ufc fighters when they go there's a reason why a lot of professional fighters UFC and and MMA fighters in general go to Thailand to learn Muay Thai. Like they're the best in the world about learning that. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Anderson Silva was one of them that was really good at Muay Thai, and he was dominant in the UFC for like years and years. Um, um, and yeah, it man, like, it's um, it is uh, it's like what we were talking about about the technique and and the uh, repetition and it's uh-huh. like that the story you said about that that skinny guy i mean it doesn't uh, power is generated in the it, it's weird it's it's weird because it's like a, you humans are just already pretty powerful if you know how to use your body you know if you know how to manipulate your body weight so if you know how to place like if you know how to generate power with your hips and shit you're just you just can't kill. You're a killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? it uh, but do you miss? Do you miss uh, Thailand? I do miss Thailand. I miss the. I miss the dating. Like you, I remember you were telling me that uh, that you're com- not confused, but. Uh, you couldn't tell whether the girl was a, a guy or a girl, right? No, it's not. It's not. That's not. That's not what I said. I said like. Uh, uh, I, no, I, it's I, it's just that there was a there was a lot of uh, transgender people. Um, so there was a often there was sometimes I guess there was sometimes yeah maybe you're right maybe that's that is kind of what I said because it was like sometimes it was just there were so many transgender people I had never. Um, I guess met met that many and and been around that many, but it was also yeah yeah hard to tell. They would show me pictures of these girls who were uh, they used to be guys and but now they were girls and they were hot <laughs> and I was so confused. I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> I was like, um, you were stuff like um, I think I like a kind of I think I kind of like a 
ladyboys or kind of thing. I don't know. Like, or did you... you're telling me you like ladyboys? No, I said you. Did you ever think like? <laughs> no, I have nothing against. I have nothing against the transgender people, but uh, no, it's just uh, it was it it was odd, and it was a really cool experience because it was something that I had never gone through in the United States. You know, and it was oh, a yeah. uh, it was a thing that was way more widely accepted in Thailand, which was so interesting to see that the acceptance. You know, it, it's and it's like not not a lot of people cared over there. It's like whatever, you're gay, oh, yeah. you're transgender, be whatever you be whatever you want. And I ended up asking asking one of my friends, "Hey, dude, like genuine question, why do you think there's like so many more people who are openly gay here, transgender?" Um, and then my friend answered, dude, it's because the Buddha teaches us not to judge anything until you try it for yourself. And then I was like, whoa. And then they asked me, Hey man, in Christianity, why do you guys eat those little cookies? Little white oh, cookies. What's up? I have people ask me that. Like, yeah. You know, who are not and, like and then I had to so, tell them, yeah, I was like, well, it's believed that like, there's like a spirit <laughs> that goes into that cookie. And that's like the body of like the yeah, God. Yeah, you know, <laughs> They're like, really what the fuck? To, yeah. If you, really go to <laughs> you like, we're really supposed to believe when we're drinking the, the bread or, I mean, when you're eating the bread and wine that we're actually supposed to believe that we're eating the spirit or like taking the spirit of God and drinking the yeah. blood or that's what that's what they explained to me i mean i could be wrong but i mean dude um, yeah i remember first commun no i think it was confirmation like we asked yeah. no it was first communion mm -hmm. we asked and they were like we asked does so it's we're just i mean we're kind of metaphorically right like that's the body of christ or maybe i heard this somewhere but it's just i don't know i don't know if this happened to me or if i heard this but then the person <laughs> said like no no that is the body of christ you're eating <laughs> you're eating it or drinking it the the catholic the the um, uh, what is it a, a, uh, um communion i think is that what you call it the, yeah the uh, communion right yeah my my teacher was pretty uh pretty aggressive um are you talking about first communion yeah first communion yeah he was pretty aggressive he was uh um really instilling like uh the beliefs and if we had like a disbelief about something he'd be like no you're wrong it's like, yeah that's dude it's not, not right like i remember we i remember it was funny because when i did first communion and then the the we and then when i did second communion that's when we we're in high school mm -hmm. and i had some smart ass people it was like so stupid this might be a little explicit but i remember one of the guys in class was like all right mr uh his the, our teacher's name was mr bravo mm -hmm. that's what he was like all right mr bravo if i if I masturbate, is, is that a sin? And he was just like, well, <laughs> technically it is because he was like, he would go off with like, technically it is because, you know, you're dishonoring God because yeah. you're supposed to save that moment when, for your loved one and not for your hand or something. I don't know. It was like weird. I was like, what? Yeah, man, I mean, it's like, it's the whole religion thing. Religions are weird. And I have nothing against any religion, but I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I follow any religion uh, because it's just uh, because of like the, the lack of questioning and some of them, some of them, I mean, some, some religions depends on the person, right? There's some religious people who are very open and yeah. they question things and they're open to learning about other religions. But you know, when you're a kid and then you're just being told 
like all these things. Um, you're, you're being taught these lessons. Some of them I think are good and better and for the better, they're, they're for like the best for society, right? Like you teach some kids some religious lessons and, and it makes them like good people as in like, don't lie, don't cheat, don't, don't like steal and stuff. But it also, uh, I mean, it's also very limiting at times, especially like you're talking about, like, it's kind of like this whole masturbation thing. Like what, bro? <laughs> you're telling, you're making a kid feel so guilty. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think it also depends about what's Catholic school you go to. I think. Oh yeah. Um, I think uh, I think someone could be a better teacher at teaching you about Catholicism, and you could be like, okay, that, that sounds pretty cool. And then you go to another school like I did, and they're instilling like these beliefs, and you're kind of like, okay, like you're kind of like, what about this or what about that? They're like, no, no, you're wrong, and yeah, if you do this, you're going to hell. I'll be like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, man. I think, uh, I think for, for some people, I think that's why it's very important for a lot of people to go to college because that is the first time that they're going to get away from their parents and they're going to be exposed to new, um, new beliefs. Right. And, uh, kind of like for the first time have a choice. Um, but also if they don't have the opportunity to go to college, I think it's very important perhaps begin to go work in other countries and understand other cultures. Because then you, uh, you're exposed to different religions, you know, maybe you go to Thailand and you begin to see like, oh my God, there's so many transgender people and homosexual people, like gay people here. You begin to understand more. I think yeah, travel I think, is so important. I think like the only outside travel I've done is like to Mexico a lot, uh-huh. different parts of Mexico uh, because of, I, I go sometimes with able to some professional boxing events or I go with my, my parents to some the basic run around like Cancun and Mexico city, but yeah. the trips I've gone with able to the professional fights are way more sketchier experience that I have experienced. Obviously with the trips I've gone with my parents, like one of the most sketches ex- um, experience I ever experienced was I went to Casa Grandes, um, Mexico. That's like by the border here in Juarez. It's like another small town, but that's yeah. like cartel city right there. Mm-hmm. And you're, and then I, for people who don't know, I don't know a single word of Spanish. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. this. like, and I get myself in some situations, like some, like Daniel gets mad at me for, for like, dude, why do you get yourself in this situation? I was like, you don't know Spanish. I was like, I don't know, bro. I don't know. And but anyways, it was so funny because, uh, when, when, when went over there, I was with Abel and we went to, uh, um, we went to a club, and uh, I I don't like when Abel leaves me alone because when he leaves me alone, he's not my translator. So. <laughs> and so um, I'm like losing. It's like a blind person. Uh, like it's like it's like a blind. You take the walking stick away. You're like fuck. Like I'm fuck. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, I get what you mean though. <laughs> yeah, it's like, kind of like metaphorically, I could best explain. Like when I'm with you guys, kind of like thing. Like when you guys walk away or something like that, I'm like. Fuck, like I'm losing my translators. I'm I'm losing my walking stick. That's why I, I think that's more in your head than anything else because I mean just don't don't just don't pretend you know Spanish and you well, won't well, you won't well, get yourself in any trouble. <laughs> well, anyways, the, the, uh uh some girls were talking to us or came up and talked were talking to me and it was funny because I was uh 
she was asking me like, so I was like, okay, what's your name? And I was like, Oh, me. I said it with an accent too. I was like, Oh, me. Like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, you use the Spanish accent. <laughs> well, I try to sound more Mexican. I was like, I was like, you know, sometimes I try to act Mexican and like, I don't know, but like, I was like, Hey, I was like, Oh, me. And then she started going off on a sentence, like talking yeah. to me. And then I was, I was like shaking my head. I was like, okay, uh, CC. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then she asked me like something. She asked me a question. I just know it was a question. And I was like, and she's like, see or no? And I said, uh, see? And, and she's no, like, see? bro. And like, Where do you mad. expect this to go? <laughs> and she's like, she got mad. She's like, and she's telling me like something, but in a very high pitched, kind of an angry voice. And I was like, okay what did i say yes to it i was like uh uh no uh no and she's like no i see it i was like fuck i put myself in this situation i was like <laughs> i was like that's so able i told abel like on his ear i was like what was she saying and abel was like nah, i don't know, I don't know. I was dude like, this is what i'm talking about how it's not really that hard if you just don't pretend to speak spanish dude, i mean look, that's, I, you make I, it hard for yourself I'll tell you this, like, I don't, uh, <laughs> when it comes to like anything, like I like to be very honest with myself, but when it comes to like speaking Spanish and everything, I, I don't know why, like, uh-huh. I don't know why I put myself in that situation. Like with like, it, it's like, for example, when I like, you like to stir the pot. I'll go on Tinder and I'll yes. pass out. Yeah. I, I mean, I would match with girls from Juarez and they yeah. would message me in Spanish and I would go and Google translate talking to them full conversation in Spanish. And then they'll be like, I'll be like, Hey, like when are you coming to El Paso? Like, Oh, like, I don't, I can't cross over. What about you? Like you can cross over. Right. I said, yeah. But I was like, Wait, you, you were doing this in Spanish, right? Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Yes. You were, you were yeah. Google translating this. I would, I would uh, either go and Google translate or I would ask Daniel to translate for me. <laughs> I have a like, question. Hey, I have a question. I want to, why <laughs> where do you expect this to go I, I don't know bro i i i, I commend you for the i mean that's cool that's so dope but like i i, I don't know I, I don't know i don't know where it's going i i think uh i really don't know Susie. that's i mean a fuck I man i'm i don't know either like you're you might be onto yeah. something here like you're, you're flirting with girls with google translate I just like, I'd like for you to go through with it. And then I'd like for you to go on a date with one of these girls that doesn't speak any English. I, and, yeah, uh, that's never, it's never happened. That's never happened. Like it, all of it's happened through text, but there's never been a, a situation where I meet up with a girl yeah. and like, she doesn't know, she doesn't know any English, but I, I have had situations where girls have turned me down in person because I don't know Spanish. Like they know English, but like the broken English. Uh-huh. But they tell me like, oh, like uh, I don't think it could work out because wow, you know, my family is very yeah. traditional, and if I have a boyfriend that doesn't know any Spanish, huh. it, it could be frowned upon because that's what you're supposed to learn if you're in Hispanic culture, like which is something I uh, uh, run into a lot. Like, yeah, it's like uh, it's it's like to me, it's like people tell me it's it's frowned upon like if you don't know at least your heritage like language i think um and it's something i ran into a lot like it's kind of like oh shoot like uh uh like when i moved back to el paso and 
uh, my job, like when I'm working on my job and, and a person, you know, um, speaking Spanish and I tell them, I don't I'm like, Oh no, in Spanish. Then they, they look at you kind of like, like, really? Like, you know, Spanish, like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, <laughs> like, like it's kind of weird. Yeah. I ran into that a lot. And it's like kind of with you guys growing up with uh, you, Daniels and uh, Mariana, like all our group of friends. Yeah. Where the, you guys are really, I, when I, it was funny cause I never, t- I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I was in Lubbock and Texas tech, mm-hmm. um, obviously I had a different group of friends. Um, and I would always tell them like, yeah, dude, like my friends back in El Paso, bro, like they're really hardcore Foronchis, dude. Like, <laughs> they're like, like, really Mexican. Like they'll be like, they're like, really? Like how, how are they really Mexican? I was like, yeah, dude, they used to say jokes. They wouldn't tell me the punchline. And I was like, <laughs> 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 that's the only thing I remember like getting mad about that. You guys would talk in Spanish, you and Mariana in the group. And it, you guys would be laughing and I'll be like, and I'll tell Daniel, Daniel would always be sitting next to me. I'll be like, Hey, what do you say? Uh, I don't know, dude. I, I don't know how to translate the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, think, man. And, 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 no, I never like, got that. I was like, how do you, how, how, how can you not translate the punchline? What, what is it that's that? No, like I would, I would be very confused. I'll be like, well, what is it that's that you can't translate? That's not funny. Ah, oh, dude, it's not the same. And I was like, what is it? It's just translating the words. Give me the words. And I was like, and uh over time obviously I, I learned that like yeah it's not the same like it's not it's translating the jokes in spanish to english it's not the same and and um overall the experience of not knowing spanish ultimately comes down to me because it's not my it's my fault for not even uh pushing myself to learn yeah spanish. you think you're gonna learn spanish one day no i am learning like i know that i yeah. know more now than i did in high school like you know yeah that's better. It's like, uh, but, uh, um, no, I am, I, I know it's a, another major goal for myself to be, mm. but no, I, um, it's just back then I was ignorant, you know, was, I don't know. Something. Yeah. I feel and, you sometimes uh, just things don't attract you. Right. Like the, th- the, the thing that kind of pushed me was, uh, learning Spanish was kind of Daniel because he was saying that like, you know, Daniel, anyone that knows Daniel, that guy's like, what do you call it? Like not, you're not bilingual, but you're trilingual yes he knows german spanish and obviously english yes and then for him to take the time to learn german mm-hmm. um um and then him his stories of him going to germany and he was telling me a situation that the the receptionist at the hotel was very surprised that she that he knew german um and that and he was also american yeah and yeah daniel's language skills are cool yeah we read- so that he was telling me that I think it's a stigmatism in America. Like if you know English, then it's kind of like, I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm good. Like, you know, that, uh, some, I think some people like, I think don't bother to learn another language. Cause it's kind of like, I'm living in America for so long. Why would I bother learning another language? Yeah. So that's why. But with me, I mean, with, with me or it's different because I know my dad or, or has always told me, or, or people always always told me like, you know, when someone looks at you like another another Hispanic or another person look at you, they only see one thing, and like you know they they think they they think like oh this person knows Spanish you know so that's why they come up and talk to me like like oh like Spanish you know they're t- asking me a question and for for me to say like oh no español they're kind of like oh fuck like this fucking guy you know but uh, well I I get what you're saying but I I I don't think that's like your fault I think that's people's fault other people's fault that they don't 
they simply don't explore the world enough, you know, and they expect that everyone to be like, like they are because you're in your home country and you're to the point of, you know, you're talking about how in America, we only speak English, right? At least uh, it's like expected to speak English, right? You know, in China, it's the same thing. It's like they have this mentality of like, we're the best. We're Chinese. You know, nothing really matters outside of China when you're in China. And so like everybody's expected to speak Mandarin. But then you go to other countries and a lot of other countries cater to, you know, because they're smaller or because they're very touristic countries, they cater to English speakers or they, uh, they just, they speak several languages and it's such a skill. And I feel like it's such a, a beautiful way to connect with people, even though I don't think you need language. I think I've said this like three times in this podcast, but the, you don't need language. I think to connect with people just like the, which is why I'm interested to see you should go on a date with these girls that don't speak English because I'm in, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm generally interested. Yeah. I've heard of people who have had, who have begun dating people who don't speak their language. And when I was in Thailand, I had very deep connections with people and I didn't never dated anyone who didn't speak my language, but there was a lady who kind of became like a motherly figure for me. And we never spoke a word in each other's languages. And, um, and, and it's just human connection goes beyond our language. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but there is a power in learning to speak, uh, uh, uh a different language. And I want to learn how to speak Italian for some fucking reason, even though I know, I think it's only in Italy. But for some reason, I want to learn Italian. I think one of the languages I really want to learn, really, really want to learn, mm-hmm. is sign language. I don't know why. Ooh, you know what? Yeah, that, I my friend Alex, uh, the guy who went to the Navy, he oh, okay. was really into sign language. Uh, our friend uh, Andrea learned sign language. Apparently, it's not as difficult uh, to learn. That's what I, I'm told. I, I don't know. It's like. It's. I think it's a very cool language. Like I don't know. Looking at it, I don't know. It's. I. I, I think there's something about it that's very cool. I don't know. I look at sign language. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, dude. I was gonna ask you a question, but I forgot. Fuck. Um. We just. Damn. It was about travel and stuff. We were on a flow there. We were on a fucking flow there. You still. Uh. You still hitting the sauna somehow? Oh, the sauna. Oh man. I mean. No, I mean, I'm not I haven't hit the sauna because the gyms are closed. I yeah, I haven't hit the sauna, and I, to be honest with you, and in, in maybe like in a year. It's Ugh, me neither, bro. It, it's it's been a while, but I I miss this. every time I listen to someone about the sauna benefits and all that. It makes me miss it. Dude, me too. So much. I just and, miss the uh, feeling. The feeling of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I remember I used to do sauna sessions for like thirty minutes to like forty five minutes. Dude, you, you psychopath. What was the yeah, temperature? The temperature was like uh 175 to 180. Oh my like, god. Yeah, it was just like I just loved it was just weird. I just love being in there and then like it was like euphoric when you got out. Oh yeah. Like, of it oh, and then yeah. you go home, you just feel so relaxed. You just I think you're I think you're the stress that you're having that day. I it was so weird because I love going to the sauna after like an exam. Mm. or like after um if i had a stressful day at work i would go to i I had this gym membership in lubbock that was 24 hours and the sauna was there and i if i had a stressful day at work i would just not go to their workout just go there to have a sauna session and i just felt so better like it was like the sleep was so better like it was so good i i missed the sauna i wish 
one day to have a sauna in my house. <laughs> like a sauna. Definitely. Room. Definitely going to have a sauna in my house. Yeah. It's just. If I'm going to have anything in my house. It's going to be a sauna room. It's going to be a library and a gym. <laughs> so. Dude, I, I just want a whole recovery like floor because like I really want the sauna. And I like I told you, I really, really, really like the cold and hot water tubs. Uh, like I keep telling you, whenever you come to Austin, oh, we got to go to that yeah, place. Yeah, that, I saw that's a, that's a thing that people do, right? I, I seen it like on I seen it that my friend lives in in Houston or Cameron. Yeah. Um, he there, there's a thing that people go into like a really really cold ice tub and then they get out and they go to another tub and it's like really hot. Yeah, yeah, it's not even ice. It's like a it's they're like two hot tubs things like two yeah. hot tubs but one makes the water really cold and the other one's really hot i saw that because he, he he put it on instagram and it was just like him going to one tub to the other and i was kind of thinking like <sighs> weirdo like what is oh it? dude it's amazing it's and amazing it was, and they would do that after they would go like they like a 10 or 12 mile run in houston and houston it's like very fucking humid so after yeah. the run, they would go to the ice tub and yes. stay in there for like five minutes and then go out and go to the hot tub. And then they would go back to the ice tub and then back and forth for like these repetitions. Yeah. And I was, I know, I was like, well, why do you guys do that? And I was like, he was like, oh, it's because when you go in the, hi- the ice tub, it's like your muscles are all contracting at once. So it's kind of like constricting, like kind of like not the blood flow, but it's like kind of like constricting all your muscles. And then when you get out and then you're going to the hot tub, your muscles relax. So the blood flow goes more. Uh, it's like kind of the, the way he was explaining it, it's kind of, um, washing out the lactic acid, like in your joints and all that. Yeah. So. I know it, it also affects like your, your blood flow, like your veins and stuff. They constrict, they, con- they contract, they contract, yeah. they, they open up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the other one is. <laughs> the other word is, but dude, it feels incredible. Like it's, it's really good for recovery. I remember I pulled some muscles doing some kettlebell swings and I did a sauna. I mean, one of those sessions, cold, hot, cold, hot, three minutes. I tried to do three minutes, cold, three minutes, hot, three minutes, cold, three minutes. And it was gone. It was gone that day. It was was awesome. It was like, it's, it's the best. It's kind of like a sauna. It's like a sauna. One of of the weird things I tried in uh, Austin time I went was, um, I, I told Daniel about it. I don't know if he remembers, but I did the red light therapy. You ever done that? Like, yeah, I have done. Uh, it's like, is it kind of like purplish or is it red? No, it's like red. It's supposed to be a, a certain light. Uh, yeah, um, light frequency. My mom has, uh, yeah. she had bought some of those that you put over, over your body. And mm-hmm. uh, so that, that I've done that. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a certain light frequency that penetrates your skin and it goes into your, like your cells and it goes into your mitochondria and it's supposed to increase it and it's supposed to huh. increase like energy and all that. So I tried it like in Austin. It was like a 30-minute session, kind of like a sauna session. It was yeah. so weird. So <laughs> I, I don't know if I went to the right place. It's because like I, I, <laughs> I just put red light therapy and I called this place and I was like, all right, guys, uh, I'll be right back. Well, I didn't even tell anyone. I, didn't, I don't know if you're there, but like uh, um, I went... And I went to this, it was like this little place and I walked in I was like, Hey, I have an appointment for uh, Miguel. He's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So he takes me to the back. Yeah. And he brings me to this other room. Um, and he was, he opens it up. It was just like a, like a light there. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, what you do is are you, you ever done this before? And I was like, no, I never done it. He's like, yeah. Okay. What you do is if you want the full effects, I recommend that you get naked. And he was like, <laughs> He's like, yes, so that's yeah, like the way he said it. The way he said it was kind of weird. So he was like, I, I recommend you to get fully naked. 
So you get your, the light penetrates all your body and you do uh, 20 minutes to the front and 20 minutes to the back. All right. And uh, when you're done, I'm going to be knocking on the door to make sure your session is over all that. So like 40 or 30 minutes. So you just, that, you're standing there or you're laying there? No, you're standing there. That's why I was so you just, of, you're standing there naked. To be honest, I didn't really think twice about it. So I was like, you know, yeah, what? yeah. I just wonder if that is like backed up by science. Uh, that's what, yeah, that's what I wonder yeah, about the light it, things. The yeah, light. yeah. I don't know about that. Cause I asked, uh, I asked other people like multiple people, like, you know, my, my cousin's a nutritionist. Mm. I asked her about red light therapy and she didn't know what it was, but I showed it to her. She was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, you know, it seems kind of, yeah, maybe it, it is. Maybe it is. We got to do some research. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the whole research, but I just know the basic run around. Supposedly it's uh, supposed to increase like your mitochondria cells and increase energy. But you know, I, I did feel a little differently afterwards. I'll tell you that. I felt a little weird. So you felt like something did penetrate something, you know? So I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> so, but no, I felt, I felt kind of, I felt kind of uh, refreshed if I'm being completely honest with you. Mm. Uh, when I did the therapy, I, I actually did feel a little differently. I don't know if it was a mental thing mm-hmm. or if it was just me, if it was actually the, the red light therapy, I actually did feel relaxed. I actually feel a little more energized. I felt, uh, it was a weird feeling. Like it was a weird feeling, Damn. but they also, they also have like, a, I don't know if you heard of sauna, uh, sauna red light therapy. Like they have those light therapies and button saunas. Uh, no, I've heard it's of like saunas a, that are like ultra, ultra. Yes. Ultra. They're like a different type of heat that isn't as hot. It doesn't really make the air hot but it like, it goes through your body. <laughs> Does that make yeah, sense? It, there's dry saunas, which is the ones we do. And then there's ultra light. Yeah. There, like I forgot what it's called. Violet but, something light. Yeah, yeah. There's like three, right? And then there's wet saunas, isn't there? Is there wet saunas? Like the well, ones with steam? Wet, that's like a steam room. Oh, it's a steam room. Okay. Yeah. okay. Steam, steam rooms. I actually like, uh, um, but uh, uh, steam rooms is a little weird though. It's not as hot. But I mean, it's, it's just the moisture is like, I, I feel like you're like in a oven a little, a little bit. I feel like, but like, what about those saunas that, uh, that have the rocks, you know, that's you dry can, those are dry saunas, but then you can throw water on top of them. Right. You're not supposed to, but yeah, <laughs> really? No. Like uh, yeah. uh, the one that they had it on it at the on it gym, they mm-hmm. have it. They have a bucket of water there so you can keep throwing water at it. So it gets oh. like hotter. Maybe, uh, maybe the song I went to, it's cause I threw water at one and the guy got mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. You had a, uh, you had oil in your water for like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's cause I remember, I remember like I was, I was watching YouTube videos and then it was about this, how to increase your sauna experience. And one of them was like, get a, get a bottle of water and, and fill it with like three drops of like essential oils. So I had like this tree oil and I mixed it in the water and I shaped it. So like when I went to the sauna session, I asked the guys there, like they were in the sauna. I was like, Hey guys, you, you guys mind if I put some water? Like, yeah, yeah, go for it. So like, uh, I put some water and I think the essential oils were too much. Cause I have, I had tree, tree oil and it just, <laughs> it just took over the room and people were getting out. Like they're like, Oh my God. Like it was a really strong. I felt like I gassed them. Like I felt like I was putting gas in there. Cause <laughs> it was like, I don't know if I did it wrong, but I put the tree oil and the tree oil took over the whole sauna. And people were like, oh, like coughing and like they, they're walking out and yeah, the guy probably, came. He's like, hey, he probably did a little too much. <laughs> yeah, it was a little too much. And 
I was like, fuck, like these these guys probably thought I was trying to uh, gas them out. So yeah, man. But it was it was it was it was funny. So hey, bro, um, Wim Hof, you still down to do this Wim Hof thing? We've been talking about going to on a Wim Hof trip. Oh yeah, sometime yeah. Sometime in the next uh, yeah. 365 days. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be. I hopefully we go in December or November. It's the the price for the trip. I think it's two thousand five hundred. I think. Oh man, dude! I just kind of. I mean, it better. Be, yeah, I've seen some of the Wim Hof pictures of like these trips, and then they're doing shit in kiddie pools, and I don't want to do that. Like that's oh, like that's that's like in uh, the UK. Um, I don't know if you're looking at the right, right one. It's because there's ones there's different events but they're not hosted by Wim Hof they're hosted by Wim Hof instructors like certified yeah. instructors oh dude and then mm-hmm. but they're like some of them some of them are in within the US but the ones that you train with Wim Hof is in Switzerland and so that's like from what I read it's like a 6 day trip dude that sounds awesome yeah, yeah, that's that's one I really want to do. Dude, the one I was looking at in Scotland for like this last December sounded so fucking awesome. The guy, he hunted and uh, made all your meals. Like he had a place for you to stay at that looked kind of like a castle, right? So you, oh, it looks wow. like you're in the Skyrim, some or like a uh, Game of Thrones. And this guy hunts for your meals. He sounded like such an interesting guy. Fuck, man. Yeah, well, let's do it. Man. Uh, I, I mean, I, I want to do it, but it's just that, uh, yeah, like, I, like I said, I don't want to do it by myself. <laughs> I feel you. I'm in, bro. I'm in. All right, dude, to finish off the podcast, I wanted to ask you some quick rapid fire questions that are just uh, just random questions. What's your favorite app on your phone? What app on your phone gives you the most joy? Uh, it's called the uh, Simple Habit. It's like a meditation app. So, Oh, it's a meditation app? Like yeah, meditation guided app. meditations? Like guiding meditations, yeah. You have like a person uh, talking to you. It's like uh, telling you how long to breathe for. It's all that. So. Gotcha. If you've done a lot of like online classes slash programs for fitness, and uh, if I came up to you and I was like, Miguel, I want I wanted to do an online program because I don't do exercise and I want to start doing exercise. What program would you tell me to get uh, out of the ones that you've tried? The ones I tried. Like uh, I, I remember you were doing like P90X and like all these other ones. I, I'm I'm just wondering if you've tried one that you're like, whoa, this one was really good. Oh uh, man, I, I I don't know about an online class, but I, I'll try. I would try to tell you to do like an in-person class, kind of like I would I would take you mm. to like the gym I go to, Black Flag. Yeah. Do you find yeah. there's like a power right in like people? Like yeah, classes with people, with a lot of people. Yeah, those uh, those online cl- uh, those online things like P90X. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a good it's a good workout, but it's different when like you actually go in person and you're surrounded by people like who are there with you. It's like kind of like a different vibe. So, um, I think I got more out of experience doing an in person class than an online one. Mm. Those online one like P90Xs, I do if like the gyms are closed or something like that. You know, or yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, quick workout, you know. So, and in the in the, do you have a favorite? Do you have a a book on fitness that you give to people? Like that, if if people who are beginners, is there a book that you tell them to to read on fitness? Because you, I know you read a lot of books on fitness. No, I don't. But if not, I have another question. Do you have? What's the last book that really changed your life? 
or changed the way you thought thought about stuff? Uh, the last book that I really that I really changed the way I thought about stuff was um, it had to be a, uh, it's called Fearless. Fearless. It's like a book. It's like a book about um, it's like an ex or former Navy SEAL Team Six operator. Mm-hmm. It's not written by him, but it's an uh, what do you call those autobiographies? It's written by someone else. Yeah, uh, I get what you mean. That like somebody interviewed him several times, and they they wrote it for him. They they interviewed like people that knew him, like his wife and his teammates. Oh. But it's basically just to give like a quick bio on it. It's about like he was a drug addict, like he was a meth addict, and uh, like you know he was a uh, his life was going through a downward spiral. And then all of a sudden that he decided to make a quick change to join the military. And it was like him going to the military, to the Navy SEALs and to like SEAL Team 6. And it's him about still battling like the drug addiction while he's in the SEAL teams. It's like a really, really, I think it's a really good book. It's a really mm. book. I think it really changed the way you look at people. I think. Yeah. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah. If, uh, if you could only live with one piece of exercise equipment, what would it be? Uh, a pull-up bar. Pull-up bar? Yeah. I think you could do a lot with pull-ups. I think if you have a pull-up bar, you, I mean, you're set. I think you have a good pull-up bar, like a good mounted pull-up bar, you pull-ups and then you can do push-ups, like, you know, body weight, you could do squats, but pull-ups is like, you could do uh, chin-ups, pull-ups, wide grip. Like there's a lot of stuff you could do. Yeah. Hell yeah. Do you have a, do you have a favorite failure in your life that like led to something better? Do you have a failure that you're like, Oh, I'm glad that happened. Uh, I don't know if it, it was a failure, but I mean, I don't know if, I don't know how you would take it, but I mean, you always knew this about me, but my parents uh, holding me back a grade, oh, uh, like yeah. another grade like was, so I, I hold, I was, retained again for first grade so i did first grade two times mm-hmm. and i think i don't know if that you consider that a failure but i think that was a, a a great one because if it wasn't if my parents never did that for me i have never would have met the people i met in my life right now damn it was, i think it was uh really worth it i think i would have never met you guys uh i think i think my life would have been completely different if i if they let if they continue me on for two second grade i think uh yeah, I think that's a, a really good one. So Whoa. I, I don't know if it's a failure or not. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I get what you mean. But yeah. regardless, it's like something that at the time might have been seen as like, oh, this isn't the good thing. But then you years down the line you look and you're like, Wow, that that was uh I'm glad that happened. Yeah, yeah. What uh what if you could give your your eighteen year old self your 18 year old self a piece of advice what would you tell yourself uh what do i tell myself uh i would tell myself to man to i i oh man that's a i don't know man that's a, that's a old it has to be 18 years old it can be a little <laughs> yeah no you could be a little kid a little kid if i had to not 18 year old i think uh but I had to t- if I had to talk to myself in middle school, uh-huh. I think I would tell myself that it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be all right. I Why? I, I would, what what I, happened? What was happening? I would overthink a, a lot of things. I would overthink mm-hmm. stuff a lot. 
and at the end, I always came out okay. I think mm. uh, I think a lot of stuff. Sometimes when we all deal with like certain stuff, I always I would tell myself like, look, like you're gonna get through this. Don't worry about it. This 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 taking another day, and you're gonna be fine. Like I think. What are what are some things you would overthink? Like uh, school. Uh, like like school would be one and then like sometimes you know like all kids or sometimes you would battle like some people would battle depression so like and it always came out all right sometimes so, you you had like little battles of depression when you were in like uh middle school yeah, as a kid like as a kid because you know like uh sometimes like you know things like with school I, I would say and then like i don't know sometimes i would just be sad for like for for some reasons like you know but i always forget like people who are you surround yourself with you forget like you know you have people that really care about you i feel like yeah, like family and friends and uh, sometimes i always forgot that like i always forgot um people that were around you loved you and cared about you so i think i would give myself a piece of advice like saying like look it's gonna be okay uh, you're gonna be fine like you know the simple words like, you know yeah so. so now i'm interested to hear yeah like what about graduating high school what advice would you give yourself like at the age when you were graduating high school uh, graduating high school, I would give myself like, look, uh, it's going to be because after, after high school, it was like crazy. I think it was a crazy adventure, like crazy. Uh, so I would just say like, look, um, why was it crazy? Uh, just like, you know, from, I think when I moved to Lubbock, it was more crazy. It was like, oh, the people I met, all the, the, mm. the atmosphere of college. I think it's going to, I think I would tell myself like, look. I would think also I would give the same piece of advice. I would be like, look, it's going to be okay. It's going to be a good ride. Like enjoy the ride. Like, I think I enjoy, I think I enjoy college more. So. so enjoy college more. That's cool. You're a cool guy, Miguel. You're a cool fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, I, try, I try to be, but I don't think I am. <laughs> you know, whoa. Why don't you think you are, bro? Uh, no, I just think I'm an average guy. Like, you know, cool. Maybe cool, maybe not cool. I don't know. I try to be cool. So. Yeah, man, you do some cool shit. I mean, all these events and stuff. And you're like I said, I keep pointing it out. Like you, uh, you really have like this. I don't know if you see it, but like this passion for fitness and stuff. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I, I don't know if I give any like some good advice to anyone's listening about fitness. I mean, I never really thought about this until you asked me. I think you're the first person that's I really got into like a deep thought about it. So like deep thought I, about I, what? Huh deep thought about what about how you're into fitness yeah about fitness or the races i do um so i apologize if i was all over the place because i was like trying to really think about like i was like huh i never really thought about that because it's always been in my head no one has really talked to me about these races or or uh, endurance events or sauna mm-hmm. all that it's always been about you know other stuff but. yeah no dude i think you did a great job and if this conversation was not good uh, then it was my fault as a as a person who was driving the conversation honestly and and i'm uh thank you so much for talking to me and for letting me uh practice and get better at having conversations and i thought your stories to me are always super interesting and i'm happy that i'm getting to watch you uh become and grow into uh, whatever your career will end up being. Yeah, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Hopefully, we do this again. So, dude, fuck yeah! All right, yeah, man. we'll do this again, like in uh, let's make it like five years. Five years. All right, five. I'm about it. I'm about it. All right, bro. Talk five. to you later. All right, later, man. Mm-hmm.
Hey there. If you enjoyed this episode, well, green light. New episodes of The Dose of Caesar come out every week, so make sure to follow and subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts. If you feel that more people should listen to this podcast and share this episode with your tribe. If you want to connect with me, or if you just want some extra doses of Cesar, of Caesar, of Cesarine Bingui, then you can sign up for my free weekly email newsletter called The Caesar Encyclopedia, where I share what I learn every week. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram at the dose of Caesar. We'll see you next time. <laughs>